Hey, it is an honor and an absolute privilege to be with y'all out here. I am excited. My wife was praying with me before this, and, and uh, she said this is the first time you're going to be preaching God's word in Utah. And that's special to us because God called us out here just radically out of the blue. We had no idea what was out here except for a lake that was salty in the Utah jazz. All right, I'm serious. That's, that's all we knew. And we are just excited to be a part of K2 North, K2 South, Brad and Andy and the entire team here and Pastor Dave Nelson has just been a huge driving force to get us out here so that we can plant churches in this area that has just like no churches really. Did you know the town of Harriman? 21,000 people without one church in it. Did you know that? And so God just laid it on, not one, uh, non-LDS churches in Harriman. It just broke our hearts and God said, you know what, we want you to do something. So I really appreciate you letting me come today. And you know what? I, I'm not like Dave Nelson, all right? I'm just going to say that right now. Like that dude's got like this 80s hair thing. And the entire time he's preaching, he can go like this. You know what I'm saying? You, you notice when he preaches, he always runs his fingers through his hair like multiple times. I'm just going to let you know I can't do that. All right? I also want you to know that I am not, like, I'm jealous. I'm kind of like man jealous when I look at Andy Marshall. Because if I could say this, he's like the most handsome dude I've ever met in my life. I mean, the dude is like a model. His entire family, his wife, his kids, they all belong on magazines across the country, all right? So I'm sorry I'm not as good to look at as Andy or his wife. And I'm certainly not like Christian. That dude, that dude's amazing, isn't he? He's got like this sexy Arnold Schwarzenegger, I am Christian. I'm from K2 North, and I will keep your attention from my great accent, right? I, the only thing I have to offer is that I'm hot and bald like Brad Olson, so... I better start this because there's a countdown clock there and it's like calling my name. So, you know what? We're on this 50-day adventure to connect. Here's, here's the whole point. The whole point of why we're doing this is to connect and to grow and to progress, 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 however you say it, in our relationship with God. It's to draw closer with the eternal God, you know, because it's not just about what we do here on Sunday morning. It's not just about what we do in our life groups. It's about a continual relationship that should be ever drawing us closer to God. The whole point of relationship is if you aren't growing this way, you're probably growing that way. Our theme verse throughout from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. That's loaded. I don't know. Train yourself to be godly? I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I can even wrap my, my arms around it. And certainly 50 days is not enough for us to understand what it really means to train ourselves to be godly. It says this first, physical training is of some value, but godliness, seeking that godliness, has value for everything. Watch this, holding promise for both this present life and what? The life to come. And that's what we're seeking to train ourselves to be. Now, I love this little example that they came up with this morning. We've got uh, the young man that sat over here, and he's kind of a beginner. He's kind of new at this whole drumming thing, and he did a great job. And, and then you got this guy over here. When I heard he practiced seven hours a day, I'm like, how can the dude even hear? You know, can you imagine seven hours a day? That's discipline. That's devotion. That's dedication. But one of the things I think about when we talk about these disciplines that we're going to talk about, the exercise, the progress of growing in our relationship with Christ is this. And maybe you can relate with this. None of us like to be beginners, do we? I bet one of the things that's holding a lot of us back from being all we can be in Christ is we're like, I stink at whatever. I'm just not good. Thomas Merton said this. I love this. We don't want to be beginners. Watch this. Let us be convinced of the fact that we will never be anything else but beginners all our lives. I mean, think about it. <laughs> we are supposed to attain godliness. We're talking about the God of the universe that hung the stars in space, that knit you together in your mother's womb, the scripture says. And we're supposed to be like that? Anybody else freak out about that? If you ever think that you've gotten to a point where you've arrived, may you understand your relationship with the Creator God. We are going to be nothing but beginners all our lives. You know what? Both of these guys, they just had to go in and go, I suck. And, and pick up, are you allowed to say that in Utah? 
in Ohio, it's, it's okay. Uh, anyway, especially when talking about Michigan. So I know there's some Michigan fans out there. Thank you. Thank you very much. What was that all about? All right. So anyway, you got to pick up the sticks, don't you? Eventually, you've got to pick up the sticks and you just got to start drumming as bad as it sounds, as bad as people might think it is. You know what? Same thing with running. How many of y'all are runners? Yeah, you know what? I hate to run. How many of you hate to run? Like, I love to run if it's like football or basketball or baseball. But you know what? I started running and there's this thing about running. And I bet you those of you that raised your hand, you said you're runners. You'll get this. I don't know what it is, but I came out here for some dumb reason because I hate to run. I really don't like to bike and swimming's okay. I decided to train for the sprint triathlon thing. I don't know why. Seriously, it was just, I just thought it was new territory. I should do something that the natives do. My neighbor was doing it, so I should. Here's the weird thing. Like, I hate to run, and I just started running one day, and it was as bad as I thought it was. But all of a sudden, like now, like last night, for, and this is, I'm not trying to brag or anything because my times are horrible, but I broke my 5K record for the second time this week, this week. Because all of a sudden, like, I started running, and I really sucked at the beginning, and now I still am not that good, but all of a sudden, I just think about running all the time. I really, if you're a runner, you'll understand that. There's this thing that happens, and I don't get it, but you know what? If you want to run, you just got to start running, and eventually you hit your stride. Um, how about golf? I got a friend that, how many of y'all are golfers out here in Utah? You know what? I hate this. When you take a new guy out to golf, and they think they're going to be Tiger Woods overnight. Are you with me on this? I've got my best friend. He used to get mad and use words I know I can't use here in church. When we would golf, and I'd say, dude, listen, and I really meant this. I'm like, don't even think about trying to score with us for about five or ten years. Because you're just a beginner and you've got to understand your relationship. But you know what? Pick up the clubs and get started. And that's our goal today. That's our goal today. I want to introduce something to you that I think might be helpful in pushing you. Because the whole goal today is just to push a little bit. It really is just to push us out of our comfort zone. Newton's first law of motion. Now, I got my PhD in physics from Harvard University. <laughs> Didn't that sound good, though? I've always, wanted to, I've always wanted to say something like that, you know? I'm a, I don't even know if I've taken physics. Newton's first law of motion. Here's what it says. It says, every object in a state of uniform motion tends to remain in that state of motion unless an external force is applied to it. So every object is going to stay in a certain state of motion unless an external force is applied to it. We're hoping that we move you today toward the creator. That's our simple goal through this entire 50 days is to, it's not, we don't want to force you to do anything. We're hoping that some of the force that you feel today is this thing called the Holy Spirit. If it's not the Holy Spirit, we just hope that down deep in your heart, you yourself get motivated to go on this journey. Because if you're just sitting in the same, you know, if you're just spinning in the same direction away from God, you're eventually getting farther and farther and farther away from the relationship that we can have for him. Or if you stop altogether, the worst thing that can happen, you know, what happens to our bodies if you were just to like, just chill all day and all night and never move? you begin to wither away in atrophy. So even if you're like, well, I'm not moving away from God, I'm just kind of chilling right here with him, uh, you're still in a state of decline. Our, our force must be continually toward the Savior, and that's why these disciplines are important for us to do every single day. Now, I, I just want to throw this out. Some of y'all here are, um, you're like, I don't even get this whole church thing. I've just been coming for a little while and, and uh, checking it out. I don't even believe in this. Disciplines, I... Can I just tell you something? If there's one way, I just believe with all my heart, to connect with the holy, mysterious, awe-inspiring, mystical God of the universe that we could never comprehend, it's to engage in the practices that he asks us to engage in. And I believe if you'll just set your foot towards some of these, it will help clarify so many things in your life. Come in here and spend time listening to somebody lecture you or whatever this thing is all about is not the most important way for you to connect with God. It's for you to actually get in relationship with him and try some of this stuff out. All right? So we're going to do something really weird today. 
Isn't that nice of them to let me do this my very first time? Do something. Hey, Charles, since you're new, we're going to let you do it. All right, so that way, if it's bad, we'll just never have you come back and do that again. All right, just blame Charles for that. And he's from Ohio, so what do they know anyway, right? So um, we're going to actually talk through four disciplines this morning, and then we're going to practice them together. Some of you are like, are you serious? We're going to do that. It's not going to be weird. It's not going to be freaky. Um, but we want you to really taste today what this means on an experiential level. All right? So if you're like not a believer, you're like, I don't even want to do this or any of this, just chill. We're going to have some music playing. Just nod your head during that time like this. You got it? Work it with me. Come on, everybody. Just, you know, this kind of acts like you're doing something. So... Seriously, we don't want to give any pressure on this, all right? Now listen, there are tons of disciplines we could practice. And as a matter of fact, you know if you've taken the 40-day or the 50-day challenge online, you can go to a whole bunch of resources, a whole bunch of books that will point you toward a bunch of disciplines. Tony Jones has a great book called The Sacred Ways. Richard Foster, Celebration of Disciplines. Just tons of things that we can do. We're going to give you four this morning, all right? And if you're taking notes, write this down. The first one I want you to see is Scripture. I mean, there's no greater way to, to be involved in relationship than to get involved with the inspired word that God gave us to know all about him. All right, so write that down. 2 Timothy 3.16, I love this. It says this, all scripture is what? Can you say those words with me? That was pretty good for you, Tons. That was awesome. I usually, in Ohio, I always have to make them say it twice. That's amazing. You guys are great. All scripture is, say it again with me though. Can you even wrap your mind around that? I mean that what you hold in your hand and what you read is breathed from the breath of God? That should tell us a little something about why scripture should be the foundation for our lives. And it says, it goes on to say it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness so that the person, not just man... The person of God may be thoroughly equipped for what? Every good work. We don't read scripture just to attain knowledge. I think a lot of people make that mistake. We don't read scripture just so we can get fatter with the knowledge of God. We don't just read scripture because it's a duty. We do it because it equips us to usher in his kingdom. And it fosters this connection with God. You know, those words are up there, teaching. Let me tell you, let me just walk through this. Teaching. Why does scripture help us through teaching? Because teaching shows us the path that we should be walking on. Teaching shows us the path that we need to be walking on. Training shows us how to stay on the path. Rebuking shows us where we've gotten off the path. And correcting shows us how we can get back on. That's why scripture, this God-breathed thing from the mouth of a holy God that we can't even begin to comprehend is one of the foundational things in our life because that path only goes one way. You're either going toward God or you're going away from him. So what is your motivation in this thing? I mean, if you have to get up every day, and I'm just going to be real with you because that's how I roll. Sometimes I open up my Bible and I'm like, this is boring. Anybody with me? All seven of you are in my club. That's good. We'll start a club afterwards. I mean, sometimes it's just like, oh, I need... But it's, it's my motivation. When I do it out of duty or I do it out of, well, I have to do this because this is what good Christians do. We got issues. What's your motivation? At, at New Hope, we, uh, we have people that do weird things like give birth to babies under trees in the middle of a field. And I'm not lying. We had this lady at our church, and she, gave, she, she felt like she needed to give birth under a tree in the middle of an open field. All right? Now, that's pretty cool, but it's kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, she's just like this earth mother. Well, anyway, she, had the, she pops out this baby. Nobody knows it, you know? I mean, she had it in like 38 seconds, and she's up running the next day. She's an earth mother, and she's standing back in the back of our little cafe there at this little church that we had started. And it's dark back there, and I love babies. I just think they're the coolest thing before they can talk and all that. And as long as you can give them back at night and wrinkly and pudgy and all that cute stuff. And so I'm up there. This kid had some serious hair. 
I mean, it had some serious hair. And I walk up, and I didn't know that she had had the baby already. I'm like, oh, you had your baby? She's like, yeah. You know, and she's sitting there holding it. And it had this mongo chongo hair, and she's holding it like this. And I just start, I'm like, this is amazing. You know, I'm, tell me about the baby. And I'm just rubbing the baby's hair like that. I'm just rubbing it. I'm like, this is great. You know, hey, how can we pray for you? How can we serve you? And I'm just rubbing. I'm like, this is some serious hair. When all of a sudden I look down, because remember it was dark, and I realized the earth mother was breastfeeding her baby. This is, this is an awkward thing. I'm just letting you know. And I, at that point, I didn't know what to do. I thought my career was like over and that I would be going to jail because my motivation was either one of perversion or one of complete like idiotic nonsense. I have no idea what was going on. Thankfully, she understood that I should think with me for a second. Breastfeeding a baby. Somebody walks up, starts rubbing its head. What's your motivation? Here's the thing. Only I knew in that moment whether I knew what was going on was going on or not. And I can tell you I didn't know what was going on. I'm not that bold. That's just weird. (laughs) Are you doing it out of guilt or I have to or is it a discipline? Is it a discipline? Every time I go to the gym now, like last night to run, I don't like to start. I sit there forever. I'm like, goodness gracious. I really have to. What's our motivation every morning? Is it to connect with the God of the universe? What is it? What external force is being applied toward us to make that? Is it relationship with our creator God? Man, I hope that's what it is. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to practice this first one. We're going to put some scripture up. And I guarantee you that if you allow God to connect with you, this scripture is just going to speak in a mighty way. Now, there's this little thing that you can do. You don't have to use this. We've got journals at the back. They're called soap journals. Have you heard of these things? Wayne Cordero came up with it. I know you've spoken about it here before. They're called soap journals. And S-O-A-P, here's how to kind of walk through Scripture, just a real basic way to begin. You, You select your Scripture. That's S. O is... Write down your observations about the passage. And I think you got some paper you got somewhere there to write. Just jot down a couple things about the passage. A, apply this passage to your life. That's where it gets important. I mean, write down the observations, but the thing about relationship is there needs to be some application. There needs to be something that will move you. Application is the movement. And P, write out a prayer to God about your experience today. So, you know, dear Lord, help me to no longer rub the heads of breastfeeding babies, whatever it is for you that would be uh, applied. And we're going to put a scripture up there, and we're just going to give you time. And if you're not comfortable with this, this is where the head nod comes in, okay? So we're going to do that right now. Scripture's going up. First Thessalonians 5, love this passage. And uh, let's just do it. Can we do it? Grab some paper. Let's, let's work on this, okay? Just let it speak to you. You know, I, man, as I just meditated on that, several things just jumped out at me. How about you? See, that's what Scripture can do in our lives. That's that relationship. That's, that's just not you thinking something. I believe that's the architect of the universe, the creator of your soul who breathed life into you, speaking into your life. And man, there's so many things on that passage that I need to do better on. How about you? That I could just absolutely apply to my life each and every day. Scripture is absolutely the foundation where we need to start. Let's move on to number two, prayer. Write that down if you're taking notes. Write down prayer. Man, if there's an important discipline next to Scripture, prayer is absolutely a key in our lives. Now, we could do an entire like three-year series on prayer and barely scratch the surface. Did you know that? I mean, prayer is this amazing thing that, I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed that I get six and a half minutes to kind of introduce it, and then we get three and a half to do it. Because prayer is not something that can just, you know. But I want to let you know as a beginner, because sometimes you, you hear these people, have you ever been a part of like these prayer things, like where they ask people to pray, and somebody always starts off, and they're like the lifelong prayer, and they, if their prayers were written down, they'd be published in like bestsellers. You know what I'm talking about? And then you're supposed to get up and follow that mess? You with me? I mean, you're like, I, oh, oh, wow. 
you know, these intercessory prayer warriors. You're like, I what in the world is that? Sounds dirty to me. <laughs> you know, you're like, what is that? I, I mean, but, but here, here's, the th- here's the thing. By the way, there is entire, once again, if, if prayer is what you need to kind of push toward, there's resources on that list that can absolutely push you in that. And I hope some external forces put there. Um, speaking about like prayer groups, there was this lady, an older lady. She was in a prayer group. Everybody's praying, and then it was her time to pray. So she starts praying. She's praying really soft, you know, really soft. And they're all doing the, you know, the hold the hand prayer circle thing. And people are starting to like lean. They can't hear, you know. And, and she's praying, and she's just pouring her heart out, but you can't hear. And afterwards, one of the elders of the church spoke up and said. Ma'am, next time you pray, could you speak up a little louder so we could hear you? She said, I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) Because you see, prayer is simply communication with the Father. Prayer is communication. It's just talking to our Father. You know what? It is a little bit more than that. If all we do is talk, we don't listen... If all we do is talk and we don't leave anything, then I'm not sure how powerful our prayer will be. I I love this idea that prayer is this simple exchange with God. Call it the great exchange. When you come to God, you say, here's my sin and he gives us back forgiveness. You say, here's my anxiety and he exchanges back and gives us peace. You say, here's my life, God, and he gives you back direction. You say, here's my desires and he gives you back some answers. And you say, well, God, here's my praise. And I think we get back a smile. I think we get back a smile like if we could see, it would just melt us right where we are. Prayer is this great exchange. If you want it in simplistic terms, there it is. The great exchange from us to God. Psalm 5.3 puts it this way. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. I don't demand of you. I don't get rowdy with you. I don't make contracts with you. I prayed this prayer of you. Oh, dear Lord, if you just do this, then I'll do that. Like we're forcing God into some kind of like contract or something. You know what I mean? Well, Lord, if you just come through this one time, I promise you. And then he doesn't, and you're like, well, well, I guess you just don't exist. It It says we go to God, and we just lay ourselves before him, and then we what? We wait in what? Expectation. Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, whether we're up, we're down, we're all the way around, with all kinds of prayers. With all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and keep praying for the saints. Colossians 4.2. It's what we need to do. You know, discipline. Discipline. Devote yourselves. Colossians 4.2 says, discipline yourself to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. A really famous old dead dude that was published a lot, Francis Fenelon said this, I love it. He said, let us not be content to pray morning and evening, but let us live in prayer all day long. Wow. If we just go to God in the morning, we're like, here's my laundry list, and we just like move off of it, that's not devotion. That's not being watchful. That's not what Scripture says that we're to do, is we are to be alert and watchful in prayer. That we're, it's always to be around us. Have you ever prayed in the morning, oh dear Lord, make me a blessing today, and then we forget all about it? And he's like, I was trying all day to make you a blessing, but you still, you just weren't paying attention except for that 30 seconds in the shower you gave me this morning. He want, we're to be in this attitude of prayer constantly. And I don't know about you, but with my stupid little thing that never works, and my computer and email and problems and issues, I just, for long, I'm not in an attitude of prayer. I believe this. I believe with all my heart. Because some of you are like, you know what? I've tried this prayer thing. I just don't believe it's like works. I wish we had time to get into this. But let me just throw a couple things out. It's the discipline and process of prayer that changes us, not the outcome. I believe that with all of my heart. It's the discipline and the process of prayer, I believe, that changes us, not the outcome. Someone once said, if all the answers to prayer came overnight, we would not be called a people of faith. If it were just like a prayer drive-thru, you know what I mean? 
okay, today, God, I'll take uh, one person I lead to the Lord. I'll take one healing for my, my snotty-nosed kid that, you know, is sick. And um, why don't you give me uh, a little extra for my mortgage? You know, I, and this, uh, okay, Charles, come around to the second window, please. That'll be nothing. It's free because I'm God. I love what Leith Anderson, he says, he, he said, God is so bent on our best interests that sometimes he has to say no to our prayers. <laughs> Do you know that all of Jesus' prayers weren't answered, by the way, since we're going down this rabbit trail? Did you know that all of Jesus' prayers weren't answered? This is what keeps me amped about my faith, like, seriously. It's this scripture thing where, you know, I can look to Jesus and he went through what I did. You know, when he was in the garden, he said, Lord, if... If it's your will, let this cup be passed from me, but not my will, but whose? I want yours to be done, not mine, but yours, but I'm going to ask because we're supposed to ask. And what did God say to his son? He said, no. All of Jesus' prayers weren't even answered. Philip Yancey writes, what matters most to God in prayer is my longing to know him. I mean, is that why we go to God in prayer, just to know him and know all about him and for him to exchange to us what he wants us to be? The purpose is to connect. It's to connect. Now, I mean, think about this. How would your relationship with your spouse be if you never talked? Some of you are like, it'd be pretty good right now. <laughs> or we kind of, we've kind of been practicing that for the last seven days. So let me tell you how it would be. But you know what I'm talking about. Remember when you were first dating, you talked to like 5.30 in the morning on the phone? And you just oh, I hate to go. Goodbye. Hour later, Goodbye. Our lady, goodbye. Remember that? Did y'all used to do that or was that just my cracked up generation? I mean, if you don't have communication regularly with the Father, you will not be connected. Look at Luke 5, 16. It says this, Jesus, God himself, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Let me give you a little model of prayer and then we're gonna pray. We're just gonna, however you wanna talk to God. Whatever you need to exchange with him, we're going to do. There's this little thing. I love it. Some people think that it's elementary. I still use this every single day to be disciplined in my prayers. And I'll show you why. A, I just pray through the Acts model of prayer. A is adoration. I adore you, God, because you are God and I'm not. I mean, you created all of this and, and we just adore him for who he is. C is confession. And that's not just our laundry list of sins. I tend to spend a whole lot of time on C. How about you? I'm just throwing that one out. It's okay. You're in the club. Uh, confession, not just confession of sin, but confession, God, you are my God, and I want to follow you today. I confess my allegiance to God almost every morning. T is Thanksgiving. What a great week to focus on the T and giving thanks. And S is supplication. Um, that's a fancy word that just simply means it's our request. And you notice where it comes in the line? Do you notice that? Do you see where it comes? I don't know about you, but there's times I get to the S and I forget the C and the T and I'm like, okay, I need to go back because I'm so anxious to get to who? Me. And in relationship, if you're selfish, your relationship's gonna go nowhere and it's the same thing as we pray with God. So, you know, man, I wish I could really, we could do a whole month on that. But that's just a little guide to help us. And what I wanna do right now is just take a couple minutes and I just want you to spend time with God practicing this, okay? Let's do it. Keep the music really low so that we can really focus on this, okay? Here we go. Scripture is our foundation and prayer is our connection and communication. And um, if this is all new to you, again, just, man, I just hope that as you start to engage these things, you see, I mean, a relationship... You can't expect a relationship with someone in your personal life when every once in a while you just kind of hit around the edges. You've got to engage that person. You with me? So if you're seeking Christ today and you're like, I don't even know about this path or all this stuff you're talking about, I'm telling you, you've got to engage. You've got to spend time with God just as you would someone in a relationship in order to progress it, okay? Let's move on to the next one. I love this one. Um, we started off with scripture. We've got prayer. The next one is praise. Amen. What a week to give God praise. Amen. I mean, you know, 
Wow, you guys are excited about this week, aren't you? I mean, we have so much to be thankful for. I can't even begin to describe it. I don't care if you're up, down, all around, or if you said this, you know, you don't know my situation. Let's talk about it. You know what praise is? It's simply this. Write it down. It's this. It's saying, you are God and I am not. You are saying, you are God and I am not. It's putting God in his rightful place and me and mine. You say, I don't have anything to praise God about. You know what? Uh, Yesterday, I got a call early in the morning and I was talking to a guy from my previous church whose father was, was literally dying in the room. And he said, Charles, can I put you on speakerphone? Would you pray with us? That's, a, that's like this holy, weird moment. Guy on hospice, he's only got a few hours to live possibly. What do you say? Everybody's crying, everybody's grieving. But you know what? You know what I could say? Because every single person in that room was a follower of Christ. I could say, hey, remember scripture where it says that all things work together for good? And remember how God knows when when a sparrow falls from heaven? I mean, when a sparrow falls from a tree. So if God works all things together for good and he knows when a stinking bird falls from the sky, then he intimately knows with all of his power, might, and wisdom what is going on in that room right now. And for that, we can give him praise. And not only that, I said, guys, we can cry. We can grieve. But you know what scripture tells us? We grieve as those who have hope. We have hope. I love, I love getting to go to funerals and preaching them of Christ followers. I love going to funerals where I know the person knew Jesus as their savior because we can cry, but we rejoice that there's so much more than this rotten, stinking life we're walking through. And I love that. You know why we can rejoice? Because Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins and he didn't stay in the tomb. He rose and he sits in heaven waiting for us. And that's our hope. Not just that he died for our sins, but that he was raised again to new life and that when we die too one day in our sin, we'll be raised with him. That's the hope we have. That doesn't all, and and don't think that that's just some formula and that everything's gonna get better. And I mean, some of you are in just, areas and stories and chapters in your life and it's dark and it's gloomy and you're like god i just feel like god's a million miles away i challenge you just to start with some praise i just wonder if it won't turn something around in your life the past year for us you know when you leave we had a church and we started different campuses and we did all this you know god just blessed what 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 was going on and and just out of the blue i mean out of the stinking blue God said, we want you, God said, I want you guys to go do it again. I want you to go start another church. I'm not even going to tell you where yet. We still don't know where yet. But I want you to go. I expected like the heavens to open and like the hallelujah chorus, you know. People don't like throw palm branches, not that we're Jesus, you know. But wow, the, you know, man, what a holy calling. I mean, seriously, somewhere along the line, the hallelujah chorus met the highway to hell. Because... <laughs> Because it has not been everything we've... As a matter of fact, it's probably been the darkest year of our lives that we've ever, ever had. And I know that I've sat with tears in my eyes and with my wife with tears in our eyes. And we just held each other saying, I don't know why, I don't know what, but I know that God has called us and he is faithful. And as much as we want to get upset and mad and just scream out, which is okay, he can take it, he's a pretty big God that we can just absolutely lay his feet knowing that he knows what's best because it's not about the outcome. It's not about our comfort. It's about our relationship and the ushering in of his kingdom. And so we need to give God some praise. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that confess his names. So come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. When's the last time we just gave a shout aloud to the God who purchased our salvation? 
Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. If you believe that, then you got some praise going on. The sea is hid for his free maiden and his hands form the dry lands. So come, let us bow down in worship. Let us lay down in praise. That's our rightful place. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. That makes me a little excited. I don't know about you. And you're like, man, I wish I could be like that. You know what? I'll walk out of this place and I'll get all depressed again. How about you? I've got to continually lay it down. That's what a discipline is. That's what a discipline is. When you're rooted in scripture, you communicate in prayer, eventually you're going to shout out a praise. No matter where you find yourself. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just loving this whole praise thing. And... Uh, you don't have to just praise God in church. Matter of fact, if this is the only place you practice these disciplines, that's bad. It just is. It's a start, don't get me wrong, but you're never going to be all you can be. I'll tell you what, one of the greatest places I praise God, I'm just going to be honest with you, this, don't start forming any pictures, but it's in the shower, all right? Seriously, um, I installed speakers in my bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel pressed for time. And, and, and so I, I put these two speakers in my bathroom and it's connected to my sound system and all of that stuff. And almost every morning, sometimes it's a sermon, sometimes it's a podcast. But more times than not, um, ask the families that are living. We have a family like living in our basement. I know they hear it like every morning because I'm praising God. I'm in the shower and as I'm, you know, doing my, you know, washing my hair and all this stuff that... I'm just praising Jesus. And I just crank that thing up. How about this? Sometimes I get in the habit of just getting on like my cell phone and like talking for 35 minutes because I got a whole laundry list. Sometimes it's the most amazing thing when I just set the phone aside and just praise Jesus for a minute. And I just pop something in there that just reminds me of him. My whole day changes. It just changes. It absolutely changes. Now, the, it, music's not the only way we praise God. Just like today, we're not going to, there's no other band stuff up here. Don't expect guitars and stuff to show up this week. It's a different kind of week. Because we don't just worship God through this. Just like we don't just praise God through this. Okay? But you know what? Music is this thing. Music throughout scripture is one of the most important things that the people use to praise God. There were actual tribes, their entire job in Israel was just to produce music because this is key to, I don't know why, but it touches our soul. It must speak the heavenly language. Matter of fact, scripture tells us that for, over, you know, for, for millennium to come, we're gonna be singing with the angels, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Might as well learn it now, but if you don't, trust me, you'll pick up on it. So we're just gonna, here's, uh, we just decided to play a couple songs that just, and just talk through them. Um, this first song that we're going to play, and I just want you to sit in the moment and praise God. I just want you to praise God. First one is just, you've heard it, here I am to worship. I love to put that song on and just say, here I am, God. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're what? What a great way to start your day. You guys got that? Can you crank that tune on? Let's just sit in the moment, just for a second, okay? So listen, let it sit with your soul. Step down into darkness Open my eyes, let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with you Here I am to worship Here I am to bow You know what, there's another one. Um, 
man, here's a great one to start your day with. Can you? Talks about God being, you know, going through the valley. It's good to remember this next one that says he is our everlasting God. Listen to this. Strength arises, we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength arises, we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. You reign song right there. Here I am to worship says, you know, I'm just laying down. That song says you are the everlasting God. You know, there's other genres of worship if that like, and praise and stuff. If uh, any of y'all like hip hop, we found something for you maybe. Let's throw it on there. That's... Heart of broken glass, drop the glitter, the street still. Heart of smoking ash, block spitted and lethal. I'm on a frozen black box, bitter and sweet pills. Cock crows, the last hour hit in the beast fill. Hell's bogus right. with hungry I mean, people. Tell me so what you know what that song says, just get jiggy with Jesus, all right? So, I think the subwoofer skipped our record, but you know, some of you, like my dude Mikey and his family who gave up everything to serve the Lord out here in Utah, and they currently live with us. This is his kind of worship music, all right? It might not be yours, but he loves this stuff. Throw, throw it on, dude. Just do this. You'll fit in. Alright, I mean, you know what that song says, right? I don't either. So at the end of the service, see Mikey, because that is a, you know, a group that's given praise to Jesus. Here's, here's one of my favorites, especially this last year. I love this. I love this. Let's just bring it back to, yeah. Just listen to this. down and wiped our tears away stepped in and saved the day but once again I say amen and it's still raining but as the thunder rolls I barely hear you whisper through the rain I'm I'll raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. that you're walking through this morning. I tell you, we have a reason to praise. We have a reason to give thanks. Uh, Our church, little farm town, Ohio, 2,800 people, somehow God saw fit to allow us. We started a campus in China. And my mom and dad were telling me the story not too long ago that one of the people that that comes to the campus there that crowds into this little condo in China, at at the risk of being arrested, they drive an, or they ride a train an hour, and then they walked like 20 minutes through a monsoon and showed up soaking wet at the door and said, we're here to praise Jesus this morning. 
when we went over to the campus and we saw some of the extreme poverty and the things that we saw in China, honestly, guys, it just changed my life to where I could say, you know what? No matter where I find myself, I pray that I will always praise him. Whatever storm comes my way or whether I'm on the top or whether I'm in the valley, that's praise. We got to get this last one. Um, Good stuff. Scripture, prayer, praise, and giving. You're like, oh, man, that's a discipline. You know what? Honestly, this is the hardest discipline to, 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 to master. To give of our time, our talent, and our treasure, isn't it? Because I don't know about you, but I'm a selfish guy. Anybody else in the selfish club? I d- See, I love being a pastor because I always get to take surveys and know that I'm not nuts. I do this frequently, so if I speak again, I'm just, you know, tracking here to make sure that there's other people in my club. If left to my own devices, I am very selfish. Very selfish. And, you know, giving of our time, our talent, and especially our treasure. I mean, we can give our time, our talent. When it starts to get to treasure, that starts to hurt a little bit. You know, and nobody likes to talk about giving. Maybe that's why I got this week. Like, you talk about giving. But you know what? I think when we trust Christ, I think when we get saved, the last thing to get saved is our wallet. You know, you're like, oh, I'm, oh I can deal with that and the answered prayer and the praise and the scripture, but this giving thing? I didn't sign up for that now. It's pretty simple in the Old Testament. I'll just tell you, it's pretty simple. Um, a lot of people look at it and say, well, God wants me to give 10%. Now, that's just kind of a great starting point, to be honest with you. In the New Testament, the widow... Jesus said, this is how I want you to give. And he saw a widow, and she gave how much? She gave every single thing she had because of her love for the master. That's what we should shoot for. But if we look at this little 10%, see, I don't look at it as given 10%. I look at it as God has blessed me with everything I have, and he lets me keep 90% just as a starting point. He lets me keep the majority of what he has blessed me with. Let me take you to China sometime or to Africa where, where Dave and some of the guys just got back from and hear some of their stories and realized how stinking blessed we are. How radically blessed we are. And you know why we give? Because God gave his best to us, didn't he? He gave his best. He gave his only son. We're closing down with this. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But just... Paul says, you excel in everything. You excel in faith. You excel in speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in your love for us. But one thing they were missing is that they excel in the grace of giving. The grace of giving. Grace means we don't deserve it anyway. In 1 Timothy 6, 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. What kind of foundation are you laying? What are you trusting in? What is it that motivates and drives you? But instead to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, you're going to lay up the right foundation. You're going to lay up treasure for yourself as a firm foundation for the coming age so that you might take hold of the life that is truly life. Until you learn to give your life away, you're never going to experience true life. Because Jesus said he came to give life and to give it to the fullest. And what did he do? He laid it all down. Take a look around for a second, just as we close this. Look around. No, right now, just look around. Do you know why, do you know why this place is around? It's around because of a church in Detroit Michigan called Kensington Community Church who gave of themselves, of their time, their talent, their treasure, sent a whole bunch of people out here to start a campus just a little north up here. And then a bunch of people, crazy Utah, and said, you know, we need to do this thing again. We need to do this down south. And they gave of their time, their talent, and their treasure. We don't give because we have to. We give because we want to. And the foundation that's being laid guys is not about lights and buildings and cameras and a service it's an eternal foundation that's truly changing lives i got an email from a staff person last night that said you know what charles there are people on our connections team who literally said this south campus and being a part of the connections team has changed my life 
There were people on there that were thinking about taking their own life until they got connected with a life-giving source. Guys, that's why we give our time, our talent, and our treasure. We're going to practice this discipline like we always do. And right now we're going to have the uh, folks come down and pass the bags and all of that. And if you're not, you know, comfortable with this, once again, just nod your head. And I'll say this, um, we believe so much that we're to give back. I mean, if you need something this week, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it. Why don't you just take it out of the bag? That'll probably get me in trouble. If you need something, why don't you just take it? Because we're cool with that. But let's practice this discipline. Can we do that real quick? Let's practice this discipline of giving of our all. Scripture and prayer and it's the foundation to what we do and as we praise God and we give back to him things but let me remind you of the quote we started with uh, we don't want to be beginners but let us be convinced of the fact that we will never be anything else but beginners all of our life and every object, that would be you today, in a state of uniform motion tends to remain in that state of motion unless an external force is applied to it. I pray that we pushed you in just a few areas today closer to the Savior. Let me finish with this about a lady. I know you're all going to know who she is and what she did in her life. And Scripture must have guided this lady to the core, and prayer must have been so powerful that it moved the heavens, and praise, I mean, how can you live in the slums of India and serve the people that she served all of her life without having an attitude of praise and giving? This woman gave her life, practicing these disciplines. So let me just end with this, and might it push us. She said, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. You've only got today. So, let's do it.